Welcome to the QAC Team Podcast, your quality assurance consulting team. Quality is our highest priority for your business with one goal, one direction, success. And now here's your host, Charles Luttrell. Good morning, Bill. Welcome to the QAC Team Podcast. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for coming on. Tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do. So, well, my name is Bill Anderson, and uh, I am one of the owners of DryZone and Hello Garage. We own two companies. Uh, DryZone is a waterproofing and foundation repair company, and Hello Garage, we do uh, uh, concrete coatings, basically. So, the garage good stuff and everything that you see. Nice. That that's very cool. So it's like, is it two parts of the business or is it like two separate businesses? No, they're actually two separate EIN numbers and everything. So, um, gotcha. we, uh, um, the foundation side of dry zone, um, our manufacturer, uh, uh, started a franchise and that's what hello garage is. So, ah, okay. Makes sense. So you do basement waterproofing, crawl space, et cetera. Right. And foundation repair. So it's, it's basically like crawl space, basement waterproofing, foundation repair, concrete, uh, leveling and lifting. Um, and that's kind of dry zone. So, Oh, very nice. So uh, you'd have got a call if your basement's leaking and your driveway is concrete driveways crooked. You guys do that as well. Exactly. That's very cool. I've seen a video about that. I'm not sure if it was your, I think it was your, do you have a video like on your Facebook page? I think. Yeah, we have, we should have lots of videos. Like we're lifting up steps and so we've actually lifted route one. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah, that was a scary job. Um, <laughs> when you're working on a road at night and car, you know tractor trailers are going 60 miles an hour past you, that was that was uh, it was fun. I'm glad I did it when yeah. I was younger. So yeah, and the noise, right? The noise is just awful from the highways. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it was because you could literally we were working so close as these tractor trailers are going past you, you could touch them. Yeah. Oh, I can only imagine. That's crazy. So the next question that kind of flows right through this is why did you decide to be a business owner? Uh, well, I kind of grew up in, um, my mom and dad, they were, um, they worked in the trades, you know, when I was younger and, mm-hmm. um, you know, my dad, uh, retired and, uh, I had actually, uh, I said, I didn't want to be in construction. I wanted to go be white collar and all that good stuff. So I, had, uh, I became an insurance agent and, um, it was fun and cool and all that stuff. Uh, but they ended up shutting, um, the division of the company that I worked for down. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like the other division they were rolling it into. So I had left and I became a culinary manager of the Olive Garden. Um, and then uh, when I had met my my wife, um, we had, I've always kind of wanted, I've always, like I said, I grew up owning a business. So I hated the idea of working for other people. Um, yeah. So uh, my wife and I, we had, when we got together, we had uh, a couple of Ryzen Wireless stores when we started Dry Zone. And we ended up shutting, well, sold the stores, uh-huh. uh, shut one of them down, sold the other one. And uh, um, I actually ended up going into business with my father-in-law and mother-in-law because uh-huh. uh, my father-in-law had a business and we were kind of doing dry zone on the side. And because we had our other stores and we were like, oh, everything's great. And so we had our, you know, we started dry zone together. I, I honestly, I kind of started it out. I hate to say it this way, but kind of as a goof um, because <laughs> it was it was like a weekend thing that I did, you know? Yeah. And, um, I, I, I thought it was cool. I worked with my mom and dad, my, you know, a lot of my life and I thought it'd be cool to be able to work with my in-laws or my future in-laws really. Yeah. Um, Cause Heather and I really hadn't gotten married yet at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my big joke is we started dry zone February 
2nd of 2006, and I married my wife in April. So technically, I married my father-in-law before I married my wife. Wow. <laughs> That's great. So you've been, you've been through several different types of industries. You've been through restaurant and other industries. So why did you choose this industry that you're in now? Um, you know, I don't know if anybody ever chooses. I think sometimes it's just. It chooses you. It, I think so. Yeah. It's just, you know, life kind of leads you where you end up at sometimes, you know? So, yeah. um, if you would have asked me when I was a kid, if I would be doing this, um, I don't know if I would have said that. I mean, my, my dad was, he grew up doing drywall and, uh-huh. um, I'm afraid of heights. So I always hated drywall because, you know, you got, you got high houses, you know, and high buildings. Yeah. So I always hated it. Um, I loved it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved working with my parents and I loved the artistry of it, but I hated the heights part of it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I said I wanted to, you know, when you're a kid, you know, my parents are boomers. I guess I'm Gen X. And, you know, they said, go to college and get a good education and get a good job. And I hated college. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I found out you didn't need a college education to be an insurance agent. And, uh, and then, like I said, it was, I was literally working part-time on the weekends at the Olive Garden. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, when I was leaving that, they asked me if I wanted to become a manager and I ended up being a culinary manager for the Olive Garden in Bowie. Um, and then, like I said, it was, I, I was working from, I was living in Millsboro and driving to Bowie every day and that was horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't know where Bowie is, it's like right outside Washington, DC. So it was like a two hour commute each way to work. Yeah, that's a, that is a long drive. Wow. That was, you know, well, they didn't have any spots over here and I wasn't moving away. So it was kind of one of those things that had to, right. Like I said, life chose me to leave and yeah, (laughs) Yeah, because I was going to about to ask you, you know, if you got into management in the restaurant and what made you leave the restaurant industry if you were managing not well, your like, thing. Yeah, like I said, that was like it was it was a two hour commute each way to work, and yeah, the two hour get me over exactly. here, and I wasn't moving over there, so yeah, um, that pretty much sealed it. <laughs> right, but it's I tell you, it was a great company to work for. I, I thought they were amazing people and, and yeah. all that good stuff. So, right. So, when you started doing Dry Zone, what are some of the challenges that you faced? Because I know this is a franchise, and that can be. Well, Dry Zone's oh, not a franchise. So Dry Zone, oh. we're all independent of the own companies. Um, oh, okay. We are, we're a dealer for two networks. Um, we're uh-huh. a dealer for basement systems, which is based out of Seymour, Connecticut. And that's our waterproofing side. So basement crawl space waterproofing. Uh-huh. And uh, we're a dealer for a company called Support Works, and they're based out of Omaha, Nebraska. Okay, and that's nice. where we get our foundation repair and our concrete lifting and leveling. Uh-huh. So we, um, Dry Zone was a name that my wife, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law and I came up with and um, sitting in Gary's old office at his shop and we were just kind of throwing around names and, you know, part of it was um, when we had, like I said, we had a couple cell phone stores and back in the day there was a company called the Wireless Zone. Mm -hmm. um, You know, we kind of said, well, Dry Zone and, you know, Zone's like still a space and, Uh you know, that's kind of how that name came about. That's very interesting. That's cool. You came up with the name. So what were some of the challenges um, when you get started this early on? What, what kind of challenges did you face getting this thing going? Yeah. So we were kind of this. This was a very unknown industry. Like we were yeah. the first ones out there, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, there was some other guys kind of sort of doing it or whatever. But uh, so theoretically, not even theoretically, technically, we were breaking the law by by doing our job because, you know, part of encapsulating your crawl space is we have to block these foundation vents. Mm-hmm. Well, there's nothing in code that says that was legal back then. Oh, wow. 
So, but but we did the right thing to a for a homeowner, regardless, you know, damn the consequences. So, right. um, you know, we it, it was very hard explaining to homeowners why this needed to be done, and the ones that got it got it. Now it's like much more like everybody kind of understands you got to do these things to your homes now. Uh-huh. But you know, growing up, you never heard about you know putting these beautiful liners underneath your home and keeping it dry, and you know, you just opened up the vents in the summertime and closed them in the wintertime. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, based on waterproofing, that was easy. But in Sussex County and Kent County, you know, we don't have a lot of, at least back in 2006, there wasn't as many basements as there is today. You uh-huh. know, like right. my development, we live in Plantation Lakes in Millsboro and half of the homes and there's going to be like, what, 3000 homes out there. Half of them have a basement. Right. You know, so we just didn't have developments like that, you know, almost 20 years ago that looked like that. So, yeah. Yeah, well, most houses just set on the ground, right? There was not no foundations, really, because the house that I grew up in in the 80s, it didn't even have a crawl space. It was set on the ground. So when we dug the floor up, uh, we had a water leak from somewhere. And when we dug the floor up, the house was sitting right on the ground. Right. And in the center of the house was a giant water puddle because the um, drain for the wash machine wasn't going outside the house. It was going underneath the house in the middle. Oh, wow. it was it was insane, and it actually dry rotted half of the floor joist in the middle of the house. Sure, <laughs> it was crazy. So there was no there was no basement in this house. <laughs> it was crazy. So you started in two thousand six. Yep. And moving on through through today. So how has the pandemic changed your business model? Uh, you know, here's the thing. This is this is kind of what I tell a lot of my. My friends, and even during the middle of it, it was like, and I know this it sounds kind of sick to say this because I don't mean it necessarily the way I'm going to say it, but um, if you couldn't get excited as a business owner during the pandemic, I don't know how anybody should be in business then because like it was scary and it was, you know, like people were dying. So that's why I said, I don't mean to say it that way because it was you know, a horrible thing and, and a lot of people lost their lives, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, but just from a true entrepreneurial spirit, if you couldn't get excited about the opportunity to every single day keep your business alive, then, like I said, you shouldn't be in business because, like, it was, it was, it's, it's, it's almost like when army guys go to war, you know, uh-huh. it's like nobody wants to go to war, but, you know, this is what you train for every single day of your life. And we were, we were very fortunate. Um, you know, uh, we, we had adopted Zoom earlier. Uh, before the pandemic. So we didn't have to sit in front of our homeowners, our designers, mm-hmm. our, you know, our quote unquote sales guys. Um, we were able to to remotely talk to homeowners about their homes. We work in areas that people didn't have to be in. So crawl spaces and basements, you don't, I mean, nobody lives in their crawl space. And then if, when we were doing basement work, uh, you know, people just kept the, the upstairs, the upstairs door shut uh, foundation stuff we can either do in the crawl space or outside and stuff like that. So, right. so we were very fortunate in that. Uh, and homeowners, you know, it was most people were home and they were investing a lot of time and energy and money into that home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I actually bought a brand new home because like my wife and I, we were always at a training. We were always taking folks here, going here. Cause you know, there was no such thing as virtual trainings back then, you know, before COVID. And we would, uh, we were just never home. Our house was more of like a pit stop, you know? Uh-huh. So when I, I told my wife and daughter that they weren't coming to the office and, uh, cause I was going to protect them like no matter what. Yeah, and absolutely. 
so um, when I when I was coming home at night, they were watching that horrible show, The Tiger King, and our house we used to have a little small rancher, and I would come home and I would sit on the couch and they're watching this, and I wanted to blow my brains out. I was like, I can't like I can't believe that you all are watching this trash. So um, yeah. You know, you couldn't go outside and you couldn't do all these, you couldn't go to restaurants anymore and you couldn't go to, you know, anywhere. So I told my wife, I said, we need a bigger house. So, um, you know, I'm like, we're going to be home this much. We need a bigger house. So we ended up moving. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, if I golf, you can play golf during a pandemic because you're all outside, even if you got to walk the thing. Right, and, right. Uh, so, so we both picked up golf as a, uh, as uh, some exercise in the sport. And now she loves it and I love it. And, we live on the 12th hole of Plantation Lakes, and it's, you know, it's great. So oh, That's great. Yeah. That's a great story. And, yeah, like like you said, you know, you really didn't have to be around people. So your business should pretty much just carried on. It was, you know, it was, it was, and it wasn't, it was, we, we, you learn how to adapt, right? Like when, when, when stuff's going south, you, like we had our salespeople, we just did live or remote sales meetings and mm-hmm. they, we had boxes where they would put all of their paperwork and stuff in. And, you know, we had, um, it was actually nice cause I'm kind of a germaphobe. So we already had just hundreds and hundreds of bottles of sanitizer because mm-hmm. um, we were giving them out at home shows and stuff like that. Uh, so we were actually sending our sanitizer with our sales guys to give to homeowners. We were given sanitizer to our crews to give to homeowners if they needed some. Cause remember back then, like sanitizer was like gold. Oh and- yeah. You know, like oh, yeah. selling, like dogfish shut down and just started making, you know, sanitizer, I think. It was crazy. Uh-huh. Um, and the stuff was going for crazy amounts. So, you know, we had tons of it here because we weren't doing any home shows. Right. So we had cases and cases of the stuff. But, you know, like our crews, we would stagger them. Our service guys, we would stagger them. So um, we already, we had a, already, we have a good size office. So like the office staff already kind of sit six feet away from each other. Anyway, uh-huh. so that part was easy. That's the easy um, part, right? <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, it, but it, but it really made us think. It really, you know, it was, it was, it was a horrible time. But like I said, it was, it, it, it just, it really made you. If you didn't adapt, you died. And I loved the idea of change. I always loved the idea of change. I know everything changes all the time. So yeah, um, yep. a lot of people, a lot of businesses, they they get so caught up in the well. This is how we did it for the last twenty years. You know, well. You know, well, you know, horse and buggies, they were around for a lot longer than cars probably. And, you know, if you didn't adapt and change, nobody was buying horses and buggies after a while, you know, so. Yeah, that's uh, that's true, right? Only thing constant is change. And if you can't keep up with it, man, you'll be left behind. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yep. Well, that's good. Glad you were able to keep up and, and keep going. You know, so many people that I talked to, you know, they had to change their industry, especially a lot of, in, you know, a lot of restaurants because they just they couldn't adapt to the the change of you know delivery right you know so you have just won an award recently um tech we've done a ton of awards but yes yeah let's talk about that yeah so um second place uh yeah second place for the best place to work in delaware um, not workplaces award for 2023 congrats man that's awesome that was uh, that one. I didn't even know we were getting, which was pretty cool. Because a lot of like a lot of awards, you kind of buy, like um, you'll see like all these, you know, like the best of or the this or the that. They actually interview our employees, and based on what our employees say, that's you know how they rank everybody. It sounds like, and uh, it was 
because we actually won two awards there. One was the actual you know, best place to work or whatever. And then they have this other thing called the Doers Award. And they basically chose one of the phrases uh, from one of our guys that said, I'm going to paraphrase, but it's basically, well, actually, you know what? I'll just walk over to the award myself and tell you exactly what it says. Um, <laughs> nice. But uh, so, like I said, it's, it's called the, uh, the Doers Award. And I think this whole thing's put on by the uh, Wilmington News Journal uh, uh-huh. or it's Delaware Online. But it says that um, at this company, we do things efficiently and well. And, um, you know, that's one thing that we, we really try to instill in all of our folks is, you know, we have a vision, a mission, and a value that's on our, on our wall. And mm-hmm. a lot of companies you go to, they put these things on the wall and they're like corporate slogans and they're like, you know, do good and be awesome or, you know, whatever. But it doesn't really mean anything. But, you know, our vision uh, for our company is a world where they're extraordinary is the expectation. And, um, and that phrase is really important to us because we've all been, we're all consumers and we've all been to a place where we just haven't been treated as good as we probably should, you know, Uh and you're spending a lot of money. And I always kind of use this analogy and I don't know if it works or not, but you know, it's, it's kind of like if you go home and you know that your spouse loves all of these certain things, you know, that you, you go home early, you make sure the house is clean and, and your spouse loves roses and champagne and strawberries or whatever. And you do all of these wonderful things and you spend your time and you cook them an amazing dinner and you make sure that they have the, the TV show that they love on there on TV and, and you just treat them like they're, you know, the king or queen that they are. And they come home and they're just like, hmm, I'm satisfied. Well, you're really upset. You're like, I'm never doing this for you again. Well, <laughs> All that effort you put in, right? Right. Well, you know, when when you have a customer, um, when you when a customer says, "Well, oh, I'm satisfied. They did what they said they were going to do. I'm satisfied." Mm-hmm. People look at that like a rating review. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I want our homeowners to really say, "Wow!" Like, like I can't believe I'm so happy, even though that my house was broken. I am so happy that I chose you. Now I never have to worry about it again. Right. That that you took that burden off of me and put it on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I I love the phrase "a world where the extraordinary is the expectation" because you know it is our job to redefine the industry and what that looks like for contractors. Because when I when we first started in this business, I was shocked at how many people I would I would show up to their house and with me I like I have to be early. It's like a Boy Scout thing, like. 15 minutes is on 15 minutes early is on time. Uh-huh. Uh, so I would show up and I'd knock on the door and they would ask me if I was from Pennsylvania. And I was like, no, why? And they're like, Oh, well you showed up on time. And I was like, that's, <laughs> that's the, the bar that we're setting. <laughs> that's so, what we do. Right. Like I, I, I just told uh, some of my guys um, this morning, because we always do these one team meetings in the morning. And uh, I was telling all of our production department that, you know, we had Heather and I, we wanted to get um, a little bit of yard work done, like um, some landscaping stuff done. And we had reached out to this company and this was, this was supposedly a friend of, of my wife's and we reached out, young man came out, brand new business. He was starting in it. So I told him, I said, look, here's the deal. I said, I don't know who you are. I don't know who your mom is. My wife does. I said, but I'll tell you what I said, I'm not even going to shop this thing around. You're a young entrepreneur. I love young entrepreneurs. I'm like, Here's what I need done. I don't really, I mean, I care what the price is, but I don't really care what the price is. Just get it to me. Get me the quote. I'll sign off on it and you can start the work. I know that you're probably busy. I'm okay waiting a month or two. It's fine. Uh-huh. Um, 
and he never called me back. Wow. It's insane, right? So that's like that's what happens a lot of times in construction in Delaware. Wow. And and like we said, we truly want to redefine what the construction experience looks like for for a homeowner. Yeah. I'm glad we had this conversation because you know, that's you know part of what I do. You know, is we do undercover reviews for businesses so they get you know the truth of what's right. happening inside their business so they can coach, train, and mentor their employees on how well they're doing. You know, and to win an award for that, you know, because you're going above and beyond what customers, you know, you're just you're setting the bar high for, like you said, for the rest of the industry. That That's amazing, you know, because isn't customer service kind of a lost art these days? You know, oh, it's horrible. It's yeah. You know, everywhere the, the, we go. <laughs> it's it's just it's it's a different it's it's people complain. I, it's funny because like my dad was telling me the other day. That because uh, I was like, Dad, I said, you know, this world today, and he was like, Billy, I said it when you were growing up. My parents said when I was growing up. Their parents said that they are when they were growing up, and I'm like, Yeah, Dad, but it's a little crazy now. And he's like, Well, it might be, but it doesn't matter. You're gonna say the same thing, and your daughter's gonna say the same thing, and you know, generations from now is gonna say the same thing. But it, yeah. you know, it's it's really sad that that like nobody gives a dang anymore you know that you go to restaurant like you go to the grocery store and and they don't even say thank you anymore yeah you know most of the time you're checking your own self out which yeah now that uh there's paper bags i prefer to do it because at least i'll get everything packed correctly but right uh, well you know real real quick story talk about this so yesterday my oldest daughter and i went to get sushi and we sat down in the restaurant you know it's this one server that she's never really that good but this this really set me off she never came back to the table after we got her food i had to get up and tell somebody where's my server they hollered her name she walked over from the back and said oh sorry i was eating lunch wow right now remember this is sushi so we're paying a good price for this this is really good sushi we're paying a good price for this and i said to my daughter this will be the last time i come in here and sit and eat i will for now on order takeout because the sushi is that good that I want their sushi, but I'll never sit in that place ever again. They lost my business from sitting well, you know, It's funny you said that. So uh, my wife, she, she always gets on me about it, but I would rather sit at a bar and have my dinner than sit at a table. Yeah. It's amazing. Because at least, you know, the bartender's right there and they're always going to take care of you. But yeah. yeah, servers nowadays, like some are really good and some are just really shouldn't be in that industry at all. Yeah. And that is my, my main target is restaurants because – they need it the most. And obviously you and I both know, you know, from your experiences, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like when I was with the Olive Garden, they didn't call them customers. Um, they were our guests. Yeah. And, you know, we were a Tuscan farmhouse and it's a whole different kind of a concept that they had. And, uh, but it was, it was, these folks were our guests and we needed to, like, we trained people on just, you know, you have to be nice. Like it's uh-huh. insane. Yeah. It just it just blows my mind at how customers are being treated nowadays. And I, I really think that if a lot of these companies would just pay attention and do some training for these employees and do some kind of incentive, I think we could change things. And that's what I'm hoping to do. Right. Is make just make a change in one restaurant at a time, you know, right. one business at a time. You know, I don't care who it is, I want to help. Because I know we can do it. We can get back right. to where we were 
with providing excellent customer service, just like you do with your business, you know, and it shows because you won two awards, you know, right. So congratulations, man. That's, that's, that's a huge thing, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Like I said, it was, it's always, it's always honoring when people will recognize your hard work. Yes, absolutely. Yep. That is it. So how do we find you? How do we contact you? What areas do you serve? So we, we serve the entire peninsula. So from the, like Elkton, the Susquehanna River right there, okay, um, all the way to Wilmington, all the way down Maryland, Delaware, all the way down to uh, Virginia. We actually go into Virginia, but um, we were very selective uh, because there's like, after you get past like Chincoteague, there's like seven houses. <laughs> right. so, and I don't want to go down to only Virginia. For a like, 300 miles out. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Awesome. And but, uh, yeah, website, so you, social media. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, website, social media. Yeah. So um, our website is dryzone.com. Dryzone.com. Uh, yep. And our second company is hellogarage.com. Um, so really pretty easy. Um, we're all over Facebook. Um, it's uh, Dryzone on Facebook. And then it's Hello Garage of Delmarva on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I, I know we're on all the other ones, but I'm not on Twitter or Instagram or whatever those other things are um others i I, I turned 50 in a couple of days so apparently my scope is like facebook and that's about it yeah Um, so i know we're on all that other stuff and i think there's links on our our website and all that good stuff to get you to all that stuff and i think instagram is the same thing as facebook nowadays i think they're owned by meta i guess i don't know but yeah, I, I highly recommend Instagram just because of what industry that you're in. I think pictures would do you justice for what you're accomplishing. So, yeah, right. it's my suggestion. Well, I can tell you, I, I do know we're on TikTok because we actually have a, a gentleman who does our content creating for us. And oh, we wow. um, are because um, he always shows um, how uh, how well our videos are doing on TikTok. We had one video that was over a million views. Wow. Um, and then a lot of them are into the hundreds of thousands and tens of thousands mm-hmm. of views on the things that he does. So that's very um, good. Yeah, I just I, started TikTok myself. I'm still new to it. I don't have a lot up there yet, but I'm I'm working on it. I think it's insane. I just I don't I can't I can't grasp just walking watching thirty seconds of something and that was it. And I'm like, yeah. right. um, <laughs> like so that's a world world we live in nowadays. So. I know, right? Did you want to talk about Hello Garage a little bit? Um, we can if you want. That's up to you, yeah. I mean, if you want to tell our, our listeners, you know, what that part of the business, it's another part. Of, I didn't know you had that part as well. So tell us about yeah. it. I'm interested. So, so Hello Garage um, comes from our foundation side of our company. Um, same manufacturer, basically. And uh, so we do, you know, we do the pretty concrete coatings that you see in garage floors. And then we do uh, storage cabinets and slat walls and overhead storage and vacuums and, and all of those cool things that you can put into your uh, into your garage. Um it was it was actually fun because uh, my daughter was really one of our first we call them gurus but our first salespeople. So my daughter kind of always um, worked for us and she was doing graphic design for us and then she worked in our appointment center and um, you know she was doing all these office things and I asked her I said well hey I said you know since we're starting this company or whatever um, I was kind of out there selling in the beginning and I said well, hey do you want to learn how to sell and she was like yeah if it gets me out of the office that'd be great. Um, so, uh, she actually finished, uh, last year she finished eighth in the nation, uh, which was like a really cool, like when we go to that conference for that, you know, we always, we've won a lot of awards, like our walls are littered with awards. 
uh, and I mean littered with awards. But really cool. watching watching my daughter go up and accept that award, I think that was the coolest award that uh, I was a part of, and I had nothing to do with it, you know. So uh-huh. I think that was my proudest time proud dad moment. Somebody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is great. Yep. Um, so yeah, and and we saw we saw uh, cover the exact same territory too. So um, uh-huh. our our both businesses mirror both territories. Um, and, uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, it's when, when we go out there for dry zone, someone's very upset, you know, their home is broken. Um, with hello garage, it's, it's a want, it's something that I want to do to my home to make it prettier. Yeah. And, um, so it's, it's a way different atmosphere. You know, you're not holding somebody's hand and crying because their foundation is sunk and, you know, we're going to have to basically do like open heart surgery on their home. They're like, right. hey, they're all excited and they're happy. And, um, you know, and it's, it's really neat because they say that your, your garage is your new front door. Uh-huh. And it's true in my own house. I love it. I, I have Alexa out in my uh, garage and I'm always playing music out there. Uh-huh. And um, I just leave it open all day long. And I love it, you know, and it's right. And then it's, you know, you're very proud when it looks really, really nice. So, you know, um, we all play yeah, golf. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I just had a question about that. What around what year did the um this flooring start when people start doing these um coatings or or this oh, to the floors? I'm just curious because I bought a house back in 2006, and I only remember when I when I had the house, I only remembered looking into like concrete coatings. I know there was like this paint you could you could roll onto your floor and it would dry and had this like particles in it. Yeah, so that so that's epoxy. So yeah, epoxy has been around forever. Yeah, and that's kind of how everybody did it. The only problem is, is um, epoxy is epoxy is so strong it's brittle. Number one, um, but it also it's it's very UV unstable, so it's going to yellow. So you, like half of your garage turns yellow um, when you do the epoxy. Like you said, they just roll it on. Well, they never actually prep the the concrete so we actually go in there with these great big planetary grinders and you have to take what's called the cream of the concrete off and what that does is it basically opens up the pores of the concrete so our polyaspartic um will actually sink down into those pores uh-huh. um so that like the, the the without getting too technical or i can get too technical if you want but basically epoxy is a very big molecule and it sits on top of the concrete and it never actually gets a really good adhesion to it Mm-hmm. So our polyaspartic is this very small molecule. It's very viscous. So it actually seeps down into the pores. So when they do these tests on these different liquids and all that stuff, they'll, they'll basically coat um, two pieces of concrete. And they glue a suction cup to, to each one. And then they hydraulically start pulling on it. And the epoxy will just kind of pop off the concrete. But the polyaspartic, since it actually soaks down into it when they're pulling on it, the failure point actually becomes the concrete. So we're actually taking hunks of concrete away from it uh-huh. uh so it's it's really cool stuff and it's um it's kind of neat learning about a lot of it because i hated school growing up now that i'm an adult i love school um, <laughs> i love learning about stuff we love I, learning yeah I, we love like, learning youtube is the greatest thing that ever happened to to <laughs> the world i because you could learn to be a brain surgeon in a couple of hours if you want to you know <laughs> that is so true watch a couple of videos and you got it down right exactly <laughs> right so how do we re- how do we contact you for the flooring? Yeah, so um, hellogarage.com. Um, oh, pretty simple. And same thing, got, you got social media, got Instagram, yep, um, Facebook. Exactly. And it's yep. all Hello Garage. All Hello Garage, yep, hellogarage.com. And um, you'll just put in your zip code and um, it'll um, – so the only different – the only real difference is, is 
like our in Dryzone, we have our appointment center in our building mm-hmm. um, with Hello Garage, since it's a franchise that actually runs through what's called the National Appointment Center. Gotcha. Um, and you talk with somebody in Omaha, but they actually fill our our sales folks' schedules from there. So mm-hmm. that makes it pretty easy. It's one less part of the business you got to focus on. You know, you know I, I didn't. I wasn't really thrilled about it at first because I'm mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily a control freak, but I really like being in control of everything. Right. Um, so I was like, well, I don't know how I feel about that. And they're like, look, you got to do it. This is how we do it. And I'm like, all right. But they um, they work really hard at training their people um, to to be very accommodating and nice, just like our people. So mm-hmm. it's very seamless. Like you wouldn't even know that it was in Omaha. You would literally feel like you're sitting in Ellendale, Delaware, right. which is where our building is. So Right. That's great. It just sounds like it, it works. And it's like you said, it's one less thing you got to worry about, you know, as long as they're doing the job right and, you know, the customer service is good. Yeah. That's and well, and then they're also open like six days a week, which helps. And they're open later at night. And uh-huh. So, you know, you know, and then I don't have to pay for it either. So that makes life easier for oh, me. Too. I mean, we pay better, fees, right? So we're paying for it, but it's even I'm better, not directly right? putting money on my labor budget. So, right, right. No, absolutely, man. Well, Bill, I appreciate you uh, coming on and interviewing. It's been uh, a great interview. Very um, informative. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else you want to add before we wrap up here? No, I, uh, you know, we, uh, we're always hiring, I guess. So I should always say that we're always looking for good people. Um, okay. And, um, you know, um, we, we have been lucky. Like we're not out there. We've, we've, we've worked really hard at not hiring um, people who don't want to work. Mm-hmm. Um, we hire really good people who do want to work. Um, just, Once again, you have to just the world's changed. So you have to go a little bit different when you hire people, you know, like we, we believe in, in different philosophies. So we, we get to attract a lot of good talent because of the things that we do. Like we used to do Christmas parties, right. And you, you go somewhere in December and you have a piece of chicken and you probably have a couple of drinks and there's a band or whatever. Well, well, quite a few years ago, Heather and I decided we were going to change that up and we started doing Christmas vacation for our employees. Nice. And um, so like our first year, we did a cruise and we've done Disney World. And last mm-hmm. year we actually bought um, a because it was always the first weekend in December. Um, so a lot of folks can't do it because it's right after Thanksgiving and right before Christmas and they can't go away. So right. um, we actually bought a suite at the Commander Stadium last year. And so that way people could go in you know, August and September and October, November, December, you know, to watch a game and they could bring their friends and family and stuff like that. And right. um, this year, everybody chose Great Wolf Lodge, which I would, thought was odd, but they all wanted to bring their families and go to Great Wolf Lodge. So in December, we're, we're going to great, the new Great Wolf Lodge up in Elkton. The um, new one. Yeah. 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 I took my kids to the one in Virginia back in, I think it was like 2015. And we had a great time. It was a good experience. I, I really enjoyed it. You know? It's, it's, it's going to be different. It, um, it's, a, it's a good one and done. You know, yeah. I wouldn't well, want to do it again. You know, it, my daughter's okay. 24. So it's like, you know, <laughs> I keep saying, I'm like, look, like, what am I going to do? I'm just going to be right. like sitting around the, like, the creepy old guy at the pool. And I'm like, <laughs> so. Well, you do know fun. where this one is located, right? I do. I, I know it's next door. Yes, I know. So, exactly so there's a lot of adult things that, that can be done, right? Uh, yeah, they're, they're really nice. I was going to say it. I'm glad you said it, but I already knew that um, that there's a casino next door. So I, was, <laughs> I am fine with showing up for the dinners and saying hi to everybody. And, right. And then I'll go to my other place. Right. And we'll have our own fun. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, it sounds like it's a good time to work for your company. Um, you have a lot of good things going and um, 
you know, hopefully when we post this up, there are people who hear it and um, reach out to you who, you know, might want to work for you. Awesome. And if I get to travel the, the world, I'll come work for you. I'm ready. Heck yeah. There you go. <laughs> where, where are we heading next, man? I, I want to go to Korea next year. Can you give me to Korea? I'd actually like to go to Korea. I think that'd be a cool trip. So Yeah, that's what we're working on. My kids and I are working on that now. We're going to figure out how to make this happen. I mean, they want to go to Korea next year, so I'm going to try to make it happen. That's my goal. Yeah, the, the, like the food has got to be amazing. Yeah, and I had a, um, a, a talk to a person a couple of weeks ago, and she's from there, and she just has nothing but good things to say about it. She's like, I just, I love Korea. I want to go back. <laughs> nice. So That's yeah. a long flight. Yes, it is, but well worth it. Well worth it. Well, Bill, again, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. It's been a great, great interview. Um, enjoy the rest of your day, and I will catch up with you soon. Sounds great. Thank you, sir. Thank you, All Bill. Right. Have a great right. day. You too. Bye now. been listening to the QAC Team Podcast with your host, Charles Luttrell. Connect with us on the web at qacteam.com, Facebook and Instagram at qac.team. Thanks for listening.